Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. And today we're continuing our series where we are talking about Lord of the Rings, the original film trilogy. And we are we are finishing off with The Return of the King, the Oscar Best Picture winner. Uh, and for many people, one of the best films ever made, certainly one of the best in the fantasy genre. So it's going to be super fun to talk about. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Jen is here. Hi. And Oscar is here. Hello. And uh, yeah, we should remind our audience that, Jen, this is your first time watching the series, correct? Yes, I just watched Return of the King for the first time. Yes. So how did you feel like it concluded our saga? Well, I watched, I only watched the, the theatrical release of Fellowship, and then I watched the theatrical release directly followed by the extended version of two towers so i thought on return i would just start with the extended release it's really long it's really long i loved it but i just kind of kept feeling like oh my gosh this is really long and <laughs> there is one there are 1000 endings 1000 yes. endings but i loved it and i cried like a baby mm -hmm. uh oscar what do you think about this one as far as within the trilogy where does it rank for you i honestly go back and forth between Fellowship of the Ring and this one, even in its extended form. And to be honest, it's one of those cases where there is a bit of personal bias to it because this was the first Lord of the Rings film I actually saw in the cinema. And that was mm -hmm. the film that made me a Tolkien fan for the rest of my life, actually. Yeah. Well, this film I actually didn't see in the theaters uh, I've, I've never seen it in the theaters because uh, it came out when I was on my mission for my church. Uh, so I didn't get to see it. So when it came out and that was, uh, and I remember seeing the posters and stuff I'm like, oh, I wish I could go see, <laughs> I wish I could go see it. And oh. then I remember my, uh, my companion saying to me, uh, you'll, you'll reach a point where you won't even see those posters or those signs. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> not with something as epic as as return of the king uh so i i didn't get to see it but then when i came uh when i came back from the mission uh i was of course one of the first movies that i watched and it was a lot of carnage for a, a, a fresh uh, missionary <laughs> it's like ah there's like heads and i don't know there's battles and I, I just wasn't quite ready for i think that level of a uh, of battle uh for a, a fresh green uh off the mission <laughs> yeah I, I definitely see what you mean <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean the very first movie that i watched when i uh, came home was the incredibles which was a good i think good gateway <laughs> it's a good one to watch yes uh, but yeah there's a lot of a movie uh blind spots that i have in between 2003 and 2005 because that's when i was gone and you just don't watch movies really on your mission so uh I, i've i've worked uh, i've i've gotten i've caught up on many of them over uh, the years but uh but yeah that is you know, a lot of times people are like there's some big movie and, and i'm like oh was it in 2003 or 2004 oh, that's why i haven't seen it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh but uh but it's so exciting that a movie like this uh could win best picture i mean not that the uh oscars are the uh the be all end all but 
just usually genre movies like this don't get recognized except for in technicals so it's well, very it exciting still holds the record for the most uh the most one in a clean clean sweep which mm -hmm. it, it won every single award it was nominated for mm -hmm. which was 11 yes and that is the most that any movie has won in a clean sweep by a couple mm -hmm. uh titanic and another movie uh ben nominated for nine and won nine but i love that it holds that record mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ben yeah. was the other one yes I, yes, yes. Yeah, that sounds right. So. Uh, yeah, it won Best Picture Director, uh, Adapted Screenplay, Film Editing, Art Direction, Costume Design, Makeup, Original Score, Original Song, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Visual Effects. So I was surprised that uh, more actors weren't singled out for acting. Yeah, but it didn't get any just, acting noms. Well, I, I mean, think. Ian McKellen got a little bit of attention. Um, and I think even one for fellowship, but really no one. Oh, he, he lost to Jim Broadbent for fellowship. Oh yeah. Yeah. He did get, that's right. He did get nominated. Yeah. But, but yeah. So sorry, go ahead. You're, you're no, I just meant that I was just was surprised in looking back, but then I was happy when I found out that the cast won the SAG for this mm. movie. So they all mm. have an acting award for mm -hmm. the movie. It made me feel better. Yeah, that's true. All almost all of them there is one actor who's not actually included because oh, he, was who was it? he because he was cut from the theatrical cuts it's christopher lee <gasps> oh that makes me sad because he really did I, I would want him to have an acting award too oh interesting me too yeah i don't uh, hold i don't hold a lot of things against peter jackson specifically for this trilogy but in the case of christopher lee and cutting out his big scene yes Mm. Is one. it available to mm -hmm. see somewhere? It's on the extended edition. Did I watch it? I probably did. Because yeah. I watched did you see Saruman? Ended, but I took did yes, I did. And I saw him die. Yeah. There you go. That's the one you saw. You saw yeah. You saw it, was a, it, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. So we start out with this opening scene where we uh we see, we learn uh how Smeagol found the ring. Uh, and that he kills his cousin over it. Uh, and uh, that was a pretty effective scene as far as really giving you uh, the backstory of Gollum and also uh, kind of helping you to re remember the power that the ring has. It also very sets up Smeagol and Gollum very effectively as the more personal antagonist to Frodo and Sam. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the last film, he was kind of sympathetic in the sense that he was at war with himself but here seeing the murder done firsthand it's mm -hmm. you it, it just gives you with a different it gives you a different feeling whenever he's on screen agreed i think you lose any sense of sympathy you could have ever had for him mm. yeah and you but you also see what Frodo is turning into it kind of helps you see the trajectory of of how Smeagol became Gollum and you're seeing that through the course of the movie where with Frodo yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. and uh, Sam is getting frustrated uh with Gollum and uh and he's going without this Lombus bread uh, but they enough that Frodo can get home is what he says. And uh, then we have uh, 
I, I say AGL, <laughs> we have Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas, and Gandalf, and Theoden, and Eomer. They meet up with Merry and Pippin, and uh, we, we get a big scene where they're all eating together. Nice little moment of levity from yes. the two hobbits. Nice little break. And, um, and well, and it's good to see them all together. Yeah, it's the fellowship partially reunited. Right. I was ex I was happy. I'm like, oh, look at the gangs all together, except for, of course, Frodo and Sam. Yeah. One detail. One oh, detail. Yeah. I like is how Gandalf is a he's he's a little not in the mood for their for their antics. Going. <laughs> hobbits mm -hmm. it's true so then we have uh that we have gandalf and saruman and uh, saruman says save your pity and your mercy i have no use for it um and uh, that's when we see grima getting shot and saruman falls off the tower getting speared on the mill that's pretty intense <laughs> It's also an indirect reference to Dracula being, uh, oh. being a heart, oh. a stick through the heart. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's I didn't either. That's cool, though. <laughs> and I did kind of like just the slow, like his body, like slowly going down. I don't know why it was so dramatic, but I liked mm -hmm. it. It was. It's actually a, his scene where he's stabbed in the back by Grima is very is a reworking of his actual death in the book where he basically takes over the Shire towards the end and has to be rooted out, but he's betrayed in the end by Grima and Grima is shot. So it's a, it's a fascinating case of taking what the scenarios of the page, but reworking them for the context of this story. Yeah, and the visuals mm -hmm. in general. Mm. Yeah, I, I do find it a little bit confusing sometimes for me uh, to keep track of what's going on between the Rohan humans and the, uh, and the Gondor humans and the, all those characters. Uh, and especially once they split up Merry and Pippin, because they look so much alike, I get a, I get a little confused. Okay. Okay. Which one, this is the Gondor people. This is the Rohan people. Uh, but I don't know what they could fix with that. It's just me being slow. Uh, and you know, it's a lot of people I, to kind of manage in one story. Though. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I felt the same though. I got a little, I kept having to like remind myself who was who. Mm -hmm. Cause they're yeah. similar. Yeah. I don't know how they could have kind of made that easier, but it just, there's a lot of people to keep track of in this movie, in this story. And people in a lot of similar situations it's either preparing for war or mm -hmm. de or dealing with an with the enemy at the gates in some cases literally mm -hmm. and and characters and leadership decisions making positions making incredibly smart or incredibly short-sighted decisions mm -hmm. yeah well, i had a hard time figuring out like who aragorn belonged to because there were the two groups and I was like, is he supposed to be the king of them or them? Anyway. Yeah. That, that was yeah. my, I, I couldn't figure out. I kept forgetting where the attachment was. Yeah. I mean, it's Gondor, right? Yeah. Yeah. But That's it is, right. it is a little. 
Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to family movie night, female film critics panels, or the Talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q&As, where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night or even become a guest on the podcast. Podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Then we have Pippin finding Saruman's uh, planet Palantir, Palantir, Palantir. Yes. Yes. Which is like a globe div- thing that you can look into and see the power of the ring. Um, Actually, a Palantir is used for seeing across huge distances and connecting to whoever has another Palantir. Okay. And in this case, Saruman had one. Sauron also had one. That's how they were able to communicate. Okay. Okay. Well, it it looks into the ring now as they have it, because I guess it's because of Sauron. Um, and, uh, and Pippin looks into it and he sees Minas Tirith who is burning and Cece Sauron and, uh, it's upsetting obviously for him. And uh, I don't know, I thought that was all pretty effectively done is a pretty cool visual effect of the Palantir. I think it looked good. Uh, and you do get a lot of growth from both Pippin and Mary in this in this movie. I I actually really loved that they were separated in the movie, and that you got to kind of see their own thing, their own journeys, but they were so similar mm-hmm. and got to see them fighting in different regards. I really I don't know why I just really liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a opportunity to show growth, or to or, or in Pippin's case, to grow a lot more. And when they first get separated, I love when, is it, I can't, who, who's the, fo- one of them says he followed me everywhere since we were tweens. Oh, that was Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh my gosh. So it was such a significant thing for them to be separated. Yeah. Cause they haven't really lived life without each other. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We get, it's, an- not, it's very similar to in, if we were to relate it to Tolkien's experience to see, seeing off friends to in different regiments in the army and potentially never hearing mm. from them again. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like childhood yeah. friends that you just send off to some new life thing and then you never see again. Oh. We also get a nice scene between Aragorn and Gandalf when Aragorn says, what does your heart tell you? And Gandalf says that Frodo is alive. It's a nice moment. I rewound I mean, it and watched it twice because I thought it was sweet. Yeah, it was a good moment. Uh, and uh, then Gollum, uh, he uh, he's talking about the precious, and you see this whole scene where he fights with himself, going back and forth, back and forth. Uh, that was extremely well done. <laughs> Andy Circus is a genius. I I said Andy Circus for the win from yeah. my couch when I was watching it. I was like, holy cow! Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's it's tough to say is this still his very best mocap performance or could Caesar the Eight be a contender mm. 
I'm still think, tempted to say Gollum. Uh, it's tough. This is a great moment, it but is- there are some great moments in those ape films mm. as far as his performance. And he creates such a compelling character with Caesar. Interesting. Hmm. But it just goes to show how groundbreaking this trilogy was. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the back and forth be- with him, like, I mean, I really felt like he was two people. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. he, and I just remember Oscar saying the last time we were talking about how, I mean, he's just tormented, like his biggest torment is with himself and he's being tortured by himself. And I don't know, that really, I felt like came alive on the screen in this movie for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah so you really he, get the sense, sorry. Oh, uh, go ahead. You really get the sense that, you know, time is starting to run out with his sanity growing less and less as mm-hmm. he's up as his desire for the ring motivates his every choice. Yeah, I a little bit thought about Gandalf um, transitioning to the white and kind of forgetting his old self in a similar way, Gollum fully transitioning Mm. to Gollum and forgetting any part of his goodness. It's slowly deteriorating to nothing. Yeah, that's a good point. Interesting parallel. Yeah. Um, so Ewan has dream of a great wave of uh, army uh, of, of fighters over the hills. And then she says, I could only stand there waiting. So she's frustrated. Um, what did you think, Jen, overall of her character arc in this movie? So I, after we talked the last time and Oscar said she was maybe her, his favorite character, I was like, what did I miss? <laughs> uh, she's my favorite character. Mm. I mean... she's amazing (laughs) she's amazing and every moment that she was on screen I felt her pain that she wanted to do more yeah and that's such I mean there's all these men who carry the burden of just having that fighting is what's going to happen but she had these restraints because she's a woman and just wanted so much to be in it for her people I every single I mean you know, the top one or two moment is hers at the end for me. Yeah. I know some people mm. say the, I am no man is a quote unquote woke moment, but I think that's ridiculous. I think it's, it, it, I think it's earned. I mean, there's some people yes. who complain about the, uh, the women moment in the, in an end game adventures end game, that it's not like authentic or whatever. I still had fun with that moment, but, uh, but here it's not like that where that just kind of randomly comes together all these women in this like there's a character arc to her that gets her there where it makes sense and uh it, i don't know it's just a very cinematic fun moment in my opinion uh and a, and a good arc for the character yeah i love everything about her i I know that we're not there yet, but I even love how the exchange goes when Aragon leaves between the two of them. I love that he says to her, from the second I met you, mm-hmm. I've always wanted joy for you. Yeah. It just means she, he sees so much value in her and mm-hmm. has just always wanted. I just, I just love everything about her. Well, and they kind of put her with Faramir, you know, the end. So it's like, oh, okay, she's going to be okay. Right. Yeah. Right. I had to read what it said in the book about them so I could feel better about it. <laughs> like, she goes from a hot brunette to a cute redhead. And so 
then we get this, this is things are in motion that cannot be undone. And, uh, and Pippin goes with Gandalf separates from Mary. And, uh, yeah, like you said, there's that moment where he says that he has always followed me everywhere I went. So it's a very sweet friendship. I, and I think that's an undersold element of the Lord of the Rings is that it really is a story focused on friendship. But Frodo and Sam, obviously, but you've also got the friendship of the uh, the, the three musketeers, AGL. <laughs> um, you've got Mary Pippin friendship. Uh, there's there's a lot in there of uh, of friendship uh, as yeah, an important even, even Gandalf and, and Pippin who start mm-hmm. to develop more of a friendship with this one. Whereas in previous films, Gandalf really didn't have a lot of nice things to, to say to Pippin. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Gandalf, he's a friend with Bilbo. He's a friend with Frodo. Uh, and uh, I don't Aragorn know, just... is a very powerful friendship mm-hmm. there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the primary message of this movie is friendship and of this trilogy is friendship. And I uh, thought more than once while I was watching Return of the King, how glad I was that the first installment is called The Fellowship mm. of the Ring because that's really where it all begins and what carries it through is this fellowship of and these friends. Yeah. So Arwen is leaving with the elves, uh, with her people, and she sees a vision of her child with Aragorn and she turns around and, uh, um, and decides to go back. I, if I leave him now, I will regret it forever. Uh, and then she also repairs Narsil's sword and uh, uh, and so yeah that's Arwen's kind of story uh, I didn't do understand the si- significance of that sword other than I know her dad takes it to Aragorn but did it have special well, power it was at the that- very 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 beginning when they go the the backstory about the creation of the rings and um, Isidore's yeah, uh, that whole that whole story that the sword gets destroyed. Am I right, Oscar? Or am I missing? Yes, out? that's right. Yeah, Sauron okay. breaks the sword, and then Isildur mm-hmm. uses the hilt okay. shards to. I remember that. I just ring. wasn't connecting that that was that sword. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah, and uh, so then we have uh, that Gandalf and Pippin meet with the steward of Gondor, with the king basically of Gondor. And uh, I think it's Dio, what is it? Um, Denethor. Delethor. And Denethor. It's, it's John Noble. Denethor. <laughs> that's yeah, what that's I had in my correct, head because correct. I couldn't remember his name. Yes. And he yeah. is uh, cloaked in grief. Um, and, uh, and Gandalf says he uses his grief as a cloak for his vain ambitions. Uh, this will be the end of Gondor as we know it. Uh, and then Pippin says, we have the white wizard. That's got to count for something. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is an interesting dynamic between, uh, you know, this between Faramir and the loss of Boromir and uh, Denothar uh, on this side of the, the story. Yes, you essentially see a man who's consumed by grief and lashing out at his only living son who mm-hmm. won't even give him the chance to try to try to measure up to Boromir in in some way yeah it's he really, says that Boromir was dark. loyal to me not some wizard's pupil mm. mm-hmm. 
it sounds flippant, but that's actually partly because Faramir was described as more of a scholar, more of a poet, less of a fighter than Boromir. So he was actually more given to wanting to be with Gandalf than learning swordsmanship mm-hmm. as, a, as a child. Yeah, which I, they kind of say that when um, Pippin tries on his clothes and he says that it, they didn't fit him that well either because he wasn't much of a fighter. It was more his brother. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They reflect that character, that part of his character there. Yeah. Um, so then we have uh, the uh, the witch king of Agmar, who is the uh, who is the one that stabbed Frodo on Weathertop, uh, and who's coming after them. And uh, then Frodo, Sam, and Gollum go to the Lost City, and there's like a secret stairway. And I really like the way the camera kind of gets into Frodo's head. You really get a sense of sort of the chaos that he's feeling. Uh, I thought that was very effectively done. I agree. It's you, you really feel just as destabilized as, as Frodo does when he's mm-hmm. in the proximity of the city, Minas Morgul, and the, the ring starts influencing to walk towards it. Mm-hmm. And Frodo says, I red. can feel his blade. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting that he could feel that wound again as he got closer. Yeah, yeah. I also think it's it, it, it's also interesting how close that the Witch King was to potentially sensing Frodo and taking the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely get some tension for sure. Um, by so that then- point, but by that point, the board is set. As Gandalf says, and the armies start to march across the, the, the lands towards Gondor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then we get a battle at Gondor, and uh, <coughs> and then uh, and is this the minus minus turf battle, or is that something different? The battle in Gondor. First, the army. First, yeah. the army attacks Osgiliath. Sorry. Mm. I still think it's a little blue on blue sometimes. It's a little hard for me in the big battle scenes to kind of figure out, okay, what's happening? When it gets closer up to your, when you have more, it's a smaller group of fighters, I think it's more effective. Um, the battle scenes go on a little long for me still uh, in I, in all of these movies. Uh, That's just not my kind of action, I guess. But I recognize that a lot of people really you know love that. Um, I, I could have used way more I'm just more interested in people and their journeys, characters and their journeys than I am battle I mean, scenes. I mean, that's understandable. Battle scenes may be engaging to a different kind of audience or a younger audience, but mm-hmm. but in this case, I like I still feel that the strength of this film is its ability to have all of those be engaging, not just leaning on the action scenes as a last resort. Yeah. I uh really did i didn't before this movie but really felt like the battle scenes were long i typically loved the initial shots and like when the the volume of things would start to happen but just felt like they went really long and i i too i'm more interested in the human (laughs) connection Mm -hmm. pieces um but they did feel long and but i do agree that 
the biggest strength of all of this is you do just feel transported to being there. And so then for me, I was sad when they started to feel long because it takes me out of it. Well, and the books mm. are less battle heavy. I mean, Helm's Deep is barely in the second book uh, compared to the way it is in the movie. Uh, and so uh, I I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just different preferences. I, I still obviously still, you know, enjoyed, enjoyed it. They do a, a pretty good job, but I, I could have used, I mean, again, I was watching the extended edition too, but some of those battle scenes go on a little long, but they, uh, they light the, uh, what do they call it? The, um, the beacons, uh, the beacons. beacons. Yeah. The beacons trying to get to the people in Rohan, trying to get them to come and help. And, um, then we, get- we have, uh, Faramir talking to Pippin, a generous deed should not be acted, uh, should not be acted cold, uh, so coldly. And uh, Pippin joins the Royal Guard army. And um, uh, Faramir says to his father, you wish our places had been exchanged, that I had died and Baramir had lived. Which is why I think it's maybe a little bit surprising when they think that Faramir has been killed because they go on this basically suicide uh, mission um, that uh, this battle, suicide battle, um, and they bring him in. They think that he is dead um, and he all of a sudden is like prostrating his, in his grief, you know, these manifestations of my son is dead and everything. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's not really surprising, but it just proves how, how big of a narcissist this Denethor is. Yeah. And to think, to hear that from anyone's father, that he wishes you were dead instead of your sibling. That was, I, I have a pretty good relationship with my father. So I can't actually imagine that. I can't imagine being in Faramir's shoes for that. Yeah, it's horrible. I kept thinking about um, right after I, I watched it, the conversation where Gandalf says to Faramir, your father loves you and you will, um, he'll remember, he will remember it before, before, before it's over. And I kept waiting for that. Like it stayed with me that he said that. I loved that he said that because that's what Faramir needed to hear. And I feel like Gandalf is the answer to everything for everyone. Um, and I, I don't know. It really stuck with me. Like I just kept waiting for that. I'm like, it's going to happen because Gandalf said it was going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then there's also the scene between Gollum and Sam where uh, Gollum tries to take the rings and then he blames Sam and he says the fat one cannot know the burden. Uh, and, uh, and then you see that uh, he tells, uh, he tells Frodo that Sam is going to ask for the ring and uh and Gollum throws out the bread and blames Sam and that's when Sam says I could carry it for a while and so Frodo leaves Sam and tells Sam to go home which is tough it's very tough it really isn't the easiest thing to watch Mm -hmm. well and it was tough because Gollum won I mean his plan worked he was able to make Sam look bad and Frodo to believe it. And it, it made it sad for me to realize how far gone Frodo was getting. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've heard people say, oh, Frodo's not a very likable character. But the thing is, is that he is under the burden of the ring 
And also I feel like it's very easy to criticize lead characters. Almost everybody loves the side characters and stories. The lead character has to be by, he's the one that has to sort of grow the most and change the most. And so it's always easier to like a Han Solo than a Luke. You know, it's always easier to like Hermione over a Harry, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and so I think that that's sort of a situation sometimes that we have, but uh, I think that Frodo in almost every situation, given the knowledge that he has at that moment, it makes sense, his choices. And also when you consider that his choices aren't hundred percent, his own choices that he's affected by this burden that he has. It's yeah, you, you get, you don't, you don't necessarily believe that without this ring, Fro Frodo would behave differently to Sam. Basically, he'd be basically because he's really not fully himself. Mm -hmm. He he makes this er, er, this incredibly rash decision, and it and it makes it, it certainly makes us feel more worried for what's going to happen to him now that his stable element in Sam is gone. Yeah. I just was sad that the bad guy won in that moment a little. Mm. And I it made me think in that moment too, like what what does the ring represent? Is it just every evil thing? Because the more that I learn about the ring, the more I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the more evil it feels. Yeah. Well, the ring well that's is... what makes it work more than the a lot of other fantasies is fantasy stories, at least for me, is there's a clear, there's clear stakes, there's evil and good and a clear, this is the end that we have to, this is the, this is the treasure at the end, right? This is the end goal of what we're trying to achieve uh, that you see build that helps build tension and build, it gets me invested as opposed to the Hobbit movies, which are just about an adventure. There's not that same kind of stakes in good versus evil. It's more just like, let's have fun. Um, and so that, that I think, because I, I, a lot of fantasy doesn't really compel me, doesn't work for me, but this does, because I just think it has such a clear uh, map of the story and where it's going and a clear stakes of right and wrong. So we also have, uh, we have Eomer who doesn't want Mary and Ewan to get involved in the war. And he says, war is the province of men. And, uh, and Mary wants to fight, but he wants to save both of them from fighting. What do you think of that, Oscar? I think what's, What's also crucial to that is that Ava is describing the up close and personal experience of that kind of swordsmanship fighting. So you, that you're surrounded by death and chaos and watching your friends die around you. And we, we know that from previous scenes that Ava is more of a more of a martial character than uh, than well so certainly Faramir, for example. So we get, so we get a sense that he he is speaking from a place of experience, and he's not trying to put put went down. But he, he's but he's simply warning her that this is what she's about to get into. Mm -hmm. I well, um that I mean it, that's in that scene where they where Ewan and 
um is it mary mary yes. yeah come out of the tent and he's put on the fighting stuff and they have that conversation and eomer says i have no doubt he has the heart for it kind of but you guys just don't know hmm. um and i think he just really is generally like you guys are not you don't have the heart of a fighter uh, you don't have the skills of a fighter i mean um, and that was all he said he says something funny about like i have no doubt about this but i do worry about the length of his arms to to mm-hmm. do that he, he says he says i do not doubt his heart only the reach of his arm yes and mm-hmm. i just think it has to do with him feeling protective of them which yeah, i actually the word out like and and i i gotta say there cannot be enough of him i loved humor and i wanted more of him <laughs> yeah it's also, I mean, and it's also nice to see Sorry. No, I was, you can understand him wanting to protect his friends and save as many people from war as possible. I don't think it's a chauvinist thing, a misogynistic thing. Yeah. It's also nice that we see Eowyn and Mary start to form their own little friendship just before the mm. battle is joined. As, as it yeah. runs as a nice little parallel to uh, Pippin and Faramir's friendship. Yeah, I like them having their own new friendships. It's kind of fun. Yes. Um, I think the weakest part of this movie is the whole army of the, the, dead, of the dead underneath mm. the mountain, that whole sequence. I just, I don't know. It's the part that's the most boring for me. And just, I think like, it's fine, but I just think it's a little too much time spent on it. And it's my least favorite part of the story. I don't dislike it, but I do wonder how it could have worked if it was less emphasis on the ghosts and the, and the undead army and and aragorn's somehow asserting his place as the rightful king like i wonder mm-hmm. if there may have been a more succinct way of showing it yes I, I agree it wasn't my favorite however i did think it was super cool when all of the skulls came out of it everywhere and they had to run out of the tunnel Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Well, and it is um, a fun, fun moment with the, uh, with the ships that are like mocking them, like you and yes. that army. Uh, it, it, again, it, it has sort of a biblical feel of that uh, story in the Bible with they who that are with us. Of yeah, the than, unseen. Yeah, they that be with them. Uh, but I also liked what I liked about it is how. Well, first of all, the, I can't remember who told Aragorn he had to go a different way to get to that city. I think it was Elrond. Um, first, of, first it was Gandalf. He said, come to Minas Tirith by another road. Follow right. The river. And it's like they were always supposed to be part of it because they needed more. I kind of like the fulfilling of that um, and their role in it, but it was too long and too much. And it was kind of just weird. <laughs> I mean, I know it's part of the story, yeah. but it just was kind of weird that there were the ghosts. And I, I had to rewind it and so I could understand why they were... Uh, cursed and how it was going to be freed and there are so many i didn't fully understand and there's a lot to note about uh, aragon being the king and being named the king and being said he was going to be the king leaving the ranger life behind but specifically in that that only the king could free them from the curse um and that he had the ability to do that was interesting to me in decidedly saying aragorn's the king yeah and the thing that's yeah. tied up with that was that because the men in the mountain swore an oath to 
come to the aid of Gondor. And when they refused, Isildur cursed them. So yeah. basically they had to fulfill their pledge and an heir of Isildur being Aragorn would lift the curse. Yeah, and he has the sword at this point because El- uh, Elnrod is, has come uh, and uh, he comes to get Aragorn to save Arwen. Uh, and um, yeah. The- so does the fact that he's in possession of that sword mean that he's the king? No, uh, sorry. The sword is an heirloom of Aragorn's ancestors and it is used in the films as a representative that he mm-hmm. has stepped up to the plate. To okay, him. yeah. And they, they, the army of the dead recognize that and they, they can, and he tells them they can lift the, the curse. And uh, we also get this long scene between uh, the King of Rohan uh, and uh, the um, uh, and Ewan, and he says uh, says that I would have you smile again. You shall live to see these days renewed and no more despair. Uh, and I thought that was a nice moment doing that. It's 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 a great it's a great way for Thaden to show, show that he's putting faith posting faith in Eowyn to lead the people should him and yep. him and Eowyn not come back, should they lose the mm-hmm. battle, which and at this point, he's ex- Theoden's ex- actually expecting to r- rise and never come back, so to speak. Yeah, he says we cannot defeat them, but we will meet them in battle nonetheless. That's it, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. death certainly seems imminent when he's saying that to her. And I think that was about uh, the future of his people. Um, and making sure that she was part of that, um, taking care of them going forward. And I thought it was a nice companion moment to his last moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some really lovely scenes with Thayden yeah. and Eowyn. Uh, and then uh, Faramir uh, is brought in after this battle, the suicide battle. Uh, he's brought in with two arrows in. Uh, that none survived the battle, which is brutal. Um, and we get this grieving from Denethor. And, uh, but Pippin says he's still alive. He's still alive. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that whole scene. And we almost glossed over it, but when Faramir is riding with his knights into battle, we get the incredibly haunting song sung by Billy Boyd. Mm-hmm. and did he did i my sister said he wrote it billy boyd is that true i think he composed the uh uh the music the tune for, mm-hmm. for, for the lyrics but the lyrics do come from tolkien ah it's really haunting i mean it is just when he sings it it's beautiful but it's just like oh piercing a little for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's um, it the thing it reminds me of is the early cavalry charges of the First World War. Oh. Young riders being gunned down by heavy artillery. Well, and you get that scene with Gandalf, prepare for battle. I mean, that's a pretty, uh, yes, yes. pretty iconic uh, scene. And, uh, and then Aragorn standing, you will go no further. You will not enter Gondor. Um, this is also when we get the giant spider attacking Frodo. That's pretty intense. And 
And I, I would say they, they, they allow the hero to get pretty far gone. I mean, you, you're definitely concerned. <laughs> oh my gosh, the foaming at the mouth put me over the edge. I was like, whoa. Oh my gosh. Uh, and uh, to, this, to this day, that spider looks absolutely real incredible and it's frightening to behold. And, uh, and then uh, Sam finds the bread and knows what Gollum did and Gollum says, the precious made us do it. <laughs> That's good. He's trying to trying to weasel his way out of it. I yeah. see it as. And Frodo says, I'm so sorry, Sam. And he dreams of Galadriel. The task was appointed to you. If you do not find a way, no one will. I love what I love about that is that in the dream, Galadriel extends her hand, but doesn't hoist Frodo up. She allows Frodo to make that choice. And when she smiles, you can tell that she's in the dream. She's proud that he's made that choice and that allow, gives him the strength to get back up again mm-hmm. yeah i Love like her that. how she she how, the way they use her within the story i think is very effective you kind of bring in a uh, kate blanchett you know and her sort of uh just her screen presence and everything and it just kind of i feel like they use her very effectively yes it's little she always bring sorry go ahead Sorry, I was just saying that it's little, it's a, a, a little, but it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. impactful. Yeah. So the orcs find Frodo and uh, they said, so this fellow isn't dead. And uh, then they t- take him off all of his clothes and they think, oh no, he has, uh, so Frodo thinks they have the, the ring. And it's also, that, that, that also comes on the heels of Shelob stabbing for with, with her stinger yeah, that's what spider. knocks him up knocks him out yeah yeah and um, sam fights the spider she away oh, by yeah. himself yeah yeah that's this was so the cool year when they giant see. spiders in movies because there was in um harry potter also <laughs> well again this was clearly the source material for harry potter <laughs> <laughs> i did think it when i saw the spider yeah um but i it was such so cool when you see when frodo sees sam from behind the spider coming into attack i i really loved that mm-hmm. um then you have a moment where gandalf uh, confronts sauron and... uh, i think he confronts the witch king oh the witch king sorry the witch king um yeah so that's good and he said the world of men will fall and he uh and for a moment you see gandalf lose hope mm-hmm. you can see the grief welling up in his eyes yeah mm-hmm. as the witch king is about to strike him down <laughs> mm-hmm. um we also have pippin saving faramir from the fire and then the horse pushes denethor into the fire go shadow facts <laughs> yeah yeah and then he he runs off the jumps off the cliff not a fan of that scene you're not a fan not really it just looks the too cheesy city, yes we see that the city is a fair distance away from the prow of the city if you will so he had to have run maybe a mile maybe more without mm-hmm. giving out that's true Even why you wouldn't just stop drop and roll you know like why, why would you run off a cliff but uh, nevertheless if i were does. if i were an executive at new line i'd insist that that scene is digitally scrub- scrubbed out Mm. 
We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Ben says, I didn't think that it would end this way. And Gandalf says, no, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, one that we all must take. The, the, the gray rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass. And then you see it. What Gandalf? See what? Again, it says white shores and beyond a far green country under a swift sunrise. Pippin says, well, that isn't so bad. Gandalf, no, no, it isn't, <laughs> which is a good moment. It's a wonderful moment. Mm-hmm. Maybe my favorite of, scene of, of the two of them. Mm-hmm. No small yeah. part because it's also lifted from the last chapter or near the end of the last chapter of the book when Frodo actually beholds the Undying Lands for himself. Mm-hmm. So the Nas... Uh, the the Nazgul dragon uh, with the witch king takes down Theoden and uh, and then Eowyn says I will kill you if you touch him um, so her and Mary take down the witch king and that's when she says I am no man and she stabs him in the face <laughs> <laughs> I loved it yeah fantastic I cheered I <laughs> yeah I cheered. And it's also significant that it didn't come out of nowhere to your point earlier is that he say he says, um, no man can kill me or something right before she says that. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like that came out of nowhere that she's announcing that she's that she's responding to him, but oh my gosh, that's, that's a win of a moment. If ever I've seen one in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have this little bit of comic relief in the battle because Legolas and Gimli are still counting. (laughs) And and, uh, Legolas overtakes this Oliphant and he says, uh, and then Gimli says, that still only counts as one. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Some fans, quite a few fans I know don't really like that little uh, scene. They think that's going way over the top set the and set, set a bit of a bad precedent for Legolas, but I don't know. I, I have fun with that it. One always make, that, always, that always makes me smile. Yes. I um, kind of like that within their friendship, but I feel like it's them, but it's also how they cope with all the things they're doing, which is a lot, and they're in this big battle, but they cope by just dealing with what's right in front of them with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Aragorn yeah. tells the the... Uh, the army of dead that uh, i hold your oath fulfilled be at peace and then eomer finds eowyn <laughs> and mary finds pippin's cloak and uh and then uh pippin they finds mary mary says i knew you'd find me it's very sweet and asks if he was going to leave him which i mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. 
But that Carl Urban shrieking when he found Elon, oh my goodness. It like made my heart race. Yeah. His apparent grief. And apparently that's only in the extended version. Cause that's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That affected me. Like his like outward, just freaking out. Yeah. It's incredible because for a moment, Emma's, his, his guard is down. He's no longer a soldier and a captain and a prince of Rohan. For now, he is a nephew and a brother who has lost his uncle and has, thinks he's lost his sister. Yeah. Um, so I then, thought she was dead by his reaction for a second. Yeah. So then Sam fights the orcs and he says, that's for Frodo, that's for the Shire, and that's for my old gaffer. Sam once again earning his badass credentials yes and then one says I'm going to bleed you like a stuck pig and Sam says not if I stick you first (laughs) Uh, so that's when Sam has the gets the ring from all of this fighting and uh, when Frodo asks for the ring he does struggle for a few minutes of of giving it back because it is so powerful and uh, but then he does he gives it back and he says the ring is my Frodo says the ring is my burden it will destroy you Sam and Sam says uh well we best find we best find you some clothes <laughs> uh, it's quite and, telling that of the of the characters who have the ring that Bilbo and Sam are the only ones who give up the, the ring willingly mm-hmm. and, it's, and in Sam's case especially for having sh- taking it for such a short time and being so close to Mordor. Yes. Okay, so I have a question about that scene because I have been so convinced leading up to this that he could not be affected by the ring. It seemed like they were showing he was a little affected by the ring. Yeah, he was. But, yes. um, but it also seemed like he was affected by what it was going to do if he handed it back to Frodo knowing what it had already done to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's some truth to both of that, that he uh, he's hesitant because... He doesn't want his friend to to die by the power of the ring, but also he feels the power of it, um, which, I, yeah, I appreciated that it made him seem even stronger as a person. The fact that he could at that point give it back is is something powerful. But also it it it's still you still keep the menace of the ring intact. The fact that yes. it's was just within inches of latching onto Sam. Yes. Um, and this is our, our pillow uh, moment. And there's that there, he says, there is light and beauty out there that uh, no shadow can touch. Um, and, uh, and then he also says, uh, he says, do you remember the Shire, Mr. Frodo? It'll be spring soon and the orchids will be in blossom and the birds will be nesting in the hazel thicket and they'll be sowing the summer barley in the lower fields and eating the first bites of strawberries with cream. Do you remember the taste of strawberries, Mr. Frodo? Uh, And he says, then let's be rid of it once and for all. Come on, Mr. Frodo, I can't carry for you, but I can carry you. The iconic. (laughs) Phenomenal bits of acting from Sean Astin yes that whole scene um kind of took my breath away a little bit because i had heard that quote before and i didn't know when it was going to come but i love the desolation they were in the fact that he picks him up and struggles to to walk up like i really wow mm-hmm. and, and it shows that it's this friendship that ultimately saves middle earth 
Mm -hmm. Something that Sauron could not have anticipated, didn't, could not imagine, would be his downfall. Because Saren doesn't have friends. Sauron. Mm -hmm. Well, so then we have Aragorn taking his place as the king, leading the battle, and the agent of Sauron uh, shows uh, everybody Frodo's shirt and uh and then aragorn kills the agent and he says sons of gondor of rohan my brothers i see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me a day may come when the courage of men fails when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship but it is not this day an hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down but it is not this day this day we fight by all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you, men of the, I bid you stand, men of the West. So. Mm, this part, eat your heart out, Braveheart. <laughs> right. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, that's better than Braveheart. That's the one at the Black Gate, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I asked a lot of people um, what their favorite moment was in Return of the King, and several people said that one. Yeah, it's iconic. It really is. You can't imagine any other actor than Viggo Mortensen delivering that speech mm-hmm. and rousing yeah. everyone in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little yeah. in fact, when the horse rears up, that wasn't planned for. The horse actually did so on its own volition after Vigo completed the speech. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And, the, yeah. and it made it in the movie. That's it. So we have this whole scene with Gollum attacking Frodo. And then Smeagol lies and, and then Sam attacks Gollum and then uh, Frodo runs up the mountain. And, uh, and so then you see Frodo holding up the ring and he hesitates and Sam's just like, just let it go. And then he says, the ring is mine. And you're like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I didn't know how the story ended when I saw it in the center all those years ago. So for those couple of minutes, I really thought this is how it's going to end with Sauron winning. <laughs> oh, I was 11 at the time, but I yeah. was, heart was in my chest, and heart was in my throat at the time. Yes. And he puts it on in this because he's like, so he's invisible. And Sam is just so upset. And uh, then Gollum attacks him, bites off his finger and falls into the lava with the ring. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a really great ending. Uh, I think it's, it's almost more powerful than if he had just thrown it in because, uh, I don't know, it's just, everybody was kind of needed in the end in the story. And it also brings back what Gandalf said in Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. My heart tells me that Gollum might have some part to play yet for good or yeah. ill before this is over. Yes. Um, and of course, Frodo's hanging uh, off the cliff. And Sam saves him. And uh, it's very There's exciting. There's a great sense that he still hasn't let go of the ring yet. Because mm-hmm. it, it's, it isn't up until Frodo makes the choice to reach out in a shot, paralleling Frodo pulling up Sam in, at the end of Fellowship. This time it's Sam saving Frodo that finally the ring is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hasn't really come back from the effect of the ring because he didn't give it up willingly. I mean, Gollum took it in his finger. 
Um, but I loved that it, I thought about that moment quite a bit about how so many times, like you're strong up until the very end and then you just can't do it because it says like he would sell his finger if he would have just dropped it at that he was there at the top of the mountain if he mm -hmm. would have just dropped it but I love that like end permanent kind of um effect that it had that he couldn't do it mm -hmm. yeah and then Sam saying it's gone it's done oh such a relief <laughs> amen yes and uh they there's they have to run against the lava and the eagles have come and helped them fight the the um dragons the armies of sauron and yeah. the Hobbies. yes and uh and so then uh gandalf once once the uh once the ring is destroyed it uh, the Tower of Sauron is destroyed, and uh, they—it was just cool that they were all like, "Frodo, Frodo did it!" Yes, <laughs> it was. If perhaps, perhaps the most uplifting of of happy endings yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is what Tolkien coined in his own terms the U catastrophe, the sudden turn from bad to good. Mm hmm. There are so, several of those in this trilogy, mm -hmm. but that one is the most significant. Oh, it's such a relief. Yes. And, yes. Uh, and so then just Gandalf... To, sorry, go ahead. to go ahead. close out Legolas and Gimli's story, just before the battle is joined, we get this wonderful exchange from Gimli. Never thought I'd die fighting side by side with an elf. And Legolas says, oh, yeah. what about side by side with a friend? And Gimli goes, I, I could do that. Yeah, that was Let's sweet. Nice way to round out that yeah. character arc they had. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, so yes. So then Gandalf saves them with the, one of the eagles. Um, and we get this, we do get like five endings, uh, but it's been such a long journey that I'm okay with it. Personally. Um, we have the healing in, uh, with the elves. Uh, we have, uh, Aragorn becoming King, um, with Arwen there and the hobbits and they all bow before the hobbits. That's a nice moment. I cried like a baby when mm -hmm. that happened. I did not know it was coming. Mm -hmm. And that is my favorite moment in this, all of these movies. <laughs> my friends, you bow to no one. Yeah. Nice and then they all bow to them, which mm -hmm. just says so much because of who the hobbits are in the scheme of all of it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a nice message of the whole series is that great things can come out of uh, out of small packages <laughs> about <laughs> unsuspecting uh, there's power in in uh, in all of us um and also it's quite fitting that aragorn's very last scene isn't in the trilogy isn't necessarily the coronation itself it isn't necessarily mm. him standing tall and proud it is one last towards his towards his friends yeah so then sam marries rosie like he said he would in earlier and um well it's interesting because i when i asked several people what their favorite moment in return of the king was two people said it was that moment when frodo wakes up and each person comes to see him it's and cute. is so happy yeah. to see him which i thought was interesting because that wasn't i mean because mm -hmm. something happens to me in this epilogue where i thought it turned into a jane austen film for a minute um <laughs> because the moment when sam gets married i was like this really could be a scene from a jane austen movie but i love it <laughs> Mm -hmm. so, so, the scene, I love the scene immediately before 
they get married. It's the it's the hobbits in the bar the dragon in. Oh yeah, in the, in the shire, yeah. Just silently express expressing their you know realization that we've been through this incredible adventure together that none of our friends and family relations and neighbors could ever understand. To bring the World mm-hmm. War One parallels back, it's like right. the surviving soldiers coming back from the war, having lived through this together, that mm-hmm. no one else can really understand. Yeah. So then Frodo writes The Lord of the Rings, and he says there's room for a little more. So then he goes and gets Bilbo. And, uh, and then Bilbo and Gandalf and Frodo end up going going away with the elves uh at the end and uh, so him and sam say goodbye and it's just very sweet i love what he says at the end to sam i love sam being so upset like you cannot leave and Mm -hmm. i love i i don't i should have written down you guys are have done this a million times i should have written (laughs) down what they say exactly um something about he still had things to experience and that's that's what I, I, love, I felt like that was earned for him through this journey which i loved and that, that his journey was different than frodo's obviously i i just for some reason mm-hmm. i rewound it and listened to that line a couple times because i just thought that's beautiful yeah and yeah there is so many beautiful last words or last speeches in the, in the gray havens bilbo's little proclamation i think i'm quite ready for another adventure <laughs> as he boards the ship with Elrond. Yeah. Gandalf saying goodbye to the hobbits. I will not say, do not weep, for not all tears are an evil. And Frodo's last spoken words to Sam, the last pages are for you, Sam. It kind of goes I, back to that whole idea we were talking about with friendship. It really, these goodbyes are, are it's, there's all these friendships that are recognized throughout. I did also note that the declaration that it was time for the dominion of man that kind mm-hmm. of they've done their parts that's right the uh mm-hmm. it's essentially the the end of the time of myth and fable mm-hmm. with the elves passing on and in this case i feel that tolkien was wise to not have any other stories after return of the king i think he understood the fallibility of humanity but i think he was wise enough to know where a good story needed to end right so i guess do we have any closing thoughts about this movie and also just watching the trilogy and talking about it together um jen this was your first time watching it how did what are your sort of closing thoughts um that i can't believe i didn't watch it before now <laughs> <laughs> um i read a lot about the critical reception of return of the king because i was curious and it really is one of the most incredible cinematic creations ever. And I can't believe I have never seen it. So not only am I grateful that this drove me to do it, but I think I might read the books. Yes. Because I'm that engaged in it. And I love all of the meaning in it and all of the, the you know, the underlying friendship, of course, but, and it's beautiful and how it's shot and Peter Jackson is a genius. And how is it 2022 that I'm just figuring this out? So thank you. Thank you for your expertise and for just inviting me to do it because I don't know that I would have done it ever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because that's 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I just think like, I can understand it not being your favorite, 
like I totally get that because it is kind of long and but outright not recommending it that I just kind of like really uh, but uh, but uh, you know to each their own I guess but um uh, I did but, read a funny thing that one of the at the time of release one of the critics said it wouldn't make his top 10 list for the year because it took 45 minutes to end but it was one of the greatest film creations of all time <laughs> That's a which weird, I thought really? was kind of it's funny. Like, it's a yeah. weird reason. I feel like people are so hung up over the endings. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, the epilogue is a different thing than what you're used to in movies, right? The epilogue of that size and length, and of all of those moments that in other movies there would have just been one. Yeah, but I love right. that they were all there. Mm-hmm. It's wrapping up three very long, very epic movies, mm-hmm. and I arguably, agree. it's wrapping. It, if you're like me, it's wrapping up six movies. Mm-hmm. If it was a TV binge, you'd have, you know, every different season, you'd have a big end. And so it was all just wrapped into one. <laughs> so do you have closing thoughts on the on this trilogy and on this rewatch, uh, Oscar? Well, it's certainly been a, a tremendous pleasure to talk about these films with you two. Unfortunately, I always feel a little unprepared because there's always so much more that I which I could say that one just can't in the the limited time frame, but it's always a phenomenal pleasure to go back to these films, especially in this most recent one, which was watching them with my dad and seeing how moved he was to revisit this tale. And it's always always a moving experience and a moving tale for me too. These are my favorite films, more so than, you know, some that I've, that that may have maybe been there since childhood, like, the Lion King or Jurassic Park, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my favorite story, both in film and in literature. Yeah, I really enjoyed rewatching it this time. I, I think it's it's a good example of the fact that any genre can be well done, can be good. There's good to find in any genre because I'm normally not a fantasy person, but this is just so well done it just wins me over with the incredible acting the incredible uh the incredible story the weight the morals of the story is beautiful the friendships uh it's just a good story (laughs) a good movie and uh so uh it's even me not fantasy person still really really enjoyed it and really enjoyed watching it and um it's always an interesting experience kind of watching something while taking notes and uh um, and so you, you kind of learn, uh, I think you, you're involving another one of sort of the senses in your brain. Cause it, so I think it makes you learn some about something in a new way. So that was a good experience. And so I thank you to both of you. And, uh, if you're, uh, listening, let us know what you think about this movie. I'm sure there are parts that we didn't cover as much or that you would like to talk about. We'd love to hear in the comment section, what you think and, uh, Please, uh, please, if you were listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really, really appreciate that. And Oscar, where can people follow you on social media and all that? You can find me on Twitter at Albion underscore 93. Great. And Jen, what about you? I'm on Twitter, not very much, but at what Jen's up to. And I'm on Instagram at JDE715. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. 
And, uh, and if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group and merch store. So check out that. We'd really appreciate it. And thanks so much to both of you. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.